I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. Andy Dalton in Chicago. The Bears fans are not happy, but now reports on how close they were to Russell Wilson. This story tells us a lot about what the market will be for Wilson. Very insightful. Also in the NFL, the 49ers sign Trent Williams. You might say, is that a big deal? It's a huge deal. Not only is it the highest paid lineman ever, it's a lineman the 49ers were expected to lose. This is a big deal in the NFC. Speaking of titles, NCAA title, we got news. For the first time in months, we have a new second favor. Gonzaga is the first favor, but now for the first time in months, Baylor is not. Illinois is the second favorite, 6-1, to one, then Baylor, then Michigan. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm RJ live on a Wednesday, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great nation, and live during a humongous week for sports betting. We often have maybe two hours a show to put into an hour. I think we got two hours and 26 minutes is my most recent estimate. NCAA tournament, NFL, Steve Fezzik in studio the guests the stars this week it's been outstanding sports bettors listen for the money sports fans listen to no more than their buddies we're the pros he's in la the joe jonas knox always good to be here rj and yes on a day in which we get one day closer to the start of the ncaa tournament we've also got a bunch of news and notes around the nfl with the official start of free agency what is the vegas lead here on this wednesday i think we're going to start in honor of fezzik with the A.J. Green signing. Now, listen, the whole first segment, we're going to be doing the biggest NFL signings in the last, you know, this week. But Fezzik has a he's, – he's hot. He, he's got a hot – I don't know about a hot take, but a hot uh, opinion. So let's start and give Fez the love. Yeah, and we start in Arizona where it's been uh, a notable offseason for the Arizona Cardinals. First, they land J.J. Watt via free agency earlier a couple of weeks ago, and now they land A.J. Green, the longtime Cincinnati Bengal. The Cincinnati Bengal that represented Steve Fezzik's favorite team is in the desert with Arizona. It's a one-year deal worth up to $8.5 million, including $6 million guaranteed. Now, I got one comment, and we'll go to Fez is if only we hear a report soon that Arizona has a time machine and they go back to 2015, (laughs) they're going to be looking mighty good with J.J. Watt and A.J. Green. I don't expect that. I'm not so excited about this. Fez, what do you think? This is beyond puzzling. A.J. Green, $6 million guaranteed. R.J., let me hit you with some numbers here. Last year, when any Cincinnati quarterback threw the ball to anyone not named A.J. Green, they completed 68% of those passes. When they threw to A.J. Green, 45%. Look at that difference. 45 versus 68. 
I just don't understand this. A.J. Green turns 33 here at the end of this month, and I don't expect him to have any impact, much less a $6 million impact. So this is an interesting stat that I've never heard before. I mean, I can understand it. The idea of what's the completion percentage to a certain wide receiver. So I think what that implies is, is there something about A.J. Green that made the Bengals quarterbacks force the ball to him? And then was he not getting separation? He just wasn't getting open. Is that the takeaways? Exactly right. And periodically what would happen is that the team would make it a point of emphasis. Let's face it, A.J. Green was one of the key players parts of the franchise and they wanted to get him more involved and they were forcing the ball to him but he had no separation and you know what you could argue well wait a minute doesn't AJ Green when he does catch the ball gain more than the other receivers it's not the case he averaged 11 per catch which which was just slightly more than all the other receivers average for the year Jonas as you notice Fez was going to say, like, back in the glory days. And then he thought, you know, I, don't, I can't really say that about the Bengals. You know? <laughs> so it was going to be back that one season. They almost won a playoff game once. You know, he, he used to have 14 years. You know, no, he, he, hey, that was good in the moment. Just stopped and said, forget about it. We're straight, we're straight Very out. Very traumatized of- <laughs> from uh, growing up a Bengals fan. Well, but let's be honest. Maybe that's part of his mercenary ways now. Like, he was losing so much. He says, I'm going to win when it counts for the money and the rest of the world has had to suffer over that. So I wish the Bengals had won. If, I, if Collinsworth could have won that one 49er Super Bowl, maybe Fez would be a different guy. You ever think of that, Fez? <laughs> if we don't drop the interception, if Tim Crumry doesn't break his leg, yeah. Maybe. Yes, I'm sure Maybe. Tim Tim Crumry <laughs> made all the difference. We're straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell, Steve Fezzik, and Jonas Knox. Jonas, what's your takeaway on A.J. Green? Um, I, I think – do they need more offense? Like, I just I, – I don't know the – Well, if not, why. they made the right signing. Yeah, I just I, I don't I don't know why this was this was the move to make. It just feels like there's a lot of flashy moves for Arizona. I don't know how this makes them any better than they were a year ago. I I still believe that they're the worst team in the NFC West. We talked about this oh, with yeah. JJ Watt. Um, I especially with Russell Wilson sticking around. I just don't know that this move nor JJ Watt puts him over the top. And then the question turns to, all right, well then we're at year three and you've got presumably no playoff appearances for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know how you can call this pairing a success thus far. Well, I've heard from people that have their pulse on the league, like with, you know, contacts in the front offices and such, that this is the make or break year for uh, Arizona's coaching staff, Kingsbury, so in, in the staff. So to me, the only thing I'll say is this. As I dig deeper into the transactional side of the NFL, the salary cap, the front office politics, something I've heard more than once, you'd be surprised the number of times the owners get involved in things like a signing like this. Now, let me be clear. I have no specific information in this case. But if it weren't, I almost, I mean, for Kingsbury's, you know, reputation, and again, he could be right here, right? It could be A.J. Green's waiting, you know, to have a breakout season. But I don't think so. And, it would, I mean, Jonas, you follow the front offices pretty close. Would it be a shocker if a mandate came down from the owners? Hey, we remember A.J. Green from a couple years ago. We like him. Sign him. No, it wouldn't be a shocker. I, I do think that Kingsbury's got some 
job security and just based on the fact that they walked away from Steve Wilkes and they walked away from Josh Rosen after one year, they went all in with Kingsbury. So I don't I don't actually think this is a make or break year. I think he's going to be around at least uh, until next season. And then we just figure it out from there. But I, I, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical. With this so one. if Arizona went eight and eight, you would think Kingsbury is a favorite to keep the job. Oh, 100%. I, I think a significant favorite, yeah. You have any feel for that, Fess? I don't think they're going to go 8-8, eight and eight, RJ. I look at the division odds, and Arizona clearly last, and I think rightfully so, plus 550 you can get on them to win the division. Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, all much better odds. Very good segue. I think we go with the big left tackle signing, Trent Williams, next. Yeah, Trent Williams signed a massive contract extension with the San Francisco 49ers. It's six years, $138 million, according to Diana Rossini of ESPN. He's the highest-paid offensive lineman in NFL history of the $55.1 million guaranteed. $30.1 million is a signing bonus. So how old is Trent Williams? 33, 32, 33. Okay. Yeah. So the theory is... And I don't know. I, there's certain types of linemen that seem to be, and I think left tackles tend to be able to age gracefully. Like if you think about it, there's been more than a few elite left tackles in the last couple of years that were 37, 38. Uh, Whitfield, you know, for the Rams. I mean, he's finally getting up there. I think a little too much. Where after the surgery, he was, didn't look so good, but. I was a little shocked initially at the age and thinking, oh, because I I heard talk. I mean, Pro Football Focus was speculating, oh, maybe the Colts, they'd want to, you know, really double up with line strength. They would make a play for Williams and say maybe like a two-year deal. And I know the whole six-year thing is often deceiving, right, is how many years is guaranteed. But the $55 guaranteed. I mean, that's like uh, three years at 15. That's four good years there, guaranteed. Yeah, and he ended up, uh, the way that the contract was was structured, so David Bakhtiari of the Packers was making, I think it was $23 million a season is the way that this breaks down. And Trent Williams and his agent engineered it to where they got $10,000 more a year than David <laughs> Bakhtiari. So he was, he was all about, I wanted to be the highest paid offensive lineman in the league. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. Now, McKenzie is first cousins with Kyle Shanahan. Now, we don't pull this out very often, but I'm going to ask McKenzie a question. Is So, the Shanahan running game, it's a very specific zone blocking scheme, I think is the way to say it. Is, right. is there certain linemen that excel in that system and other linemen that don't can you characterize and if not i understand what type of linemen excel in in the shanahan system sure the ravens gm DeCosta was just talking about the linemen they needed it's exactly the opposite the ravens are power heavy heavy 320 pounds we need guys that can run we we need guys that can run more than anything because we want the zone outside read to work get our get our, get our running backs in space and that's where we live so would we say Williams is a particularly athletic left tackle? Yes. He's okay. particularly athletic and he's huge. So that's why he's the best in the game. Yeah. So to me, I'm always interested, Fez, when a really good coach, and Kyle Shanahan is a really good coach, when they've got a unique or an, uh, an unusual system, right? not unique, but unusual and then there's like like the Patriots play a ton of man to man, right? So there's certain cornerbacks that they're going to covet more than other teams. 
49ers are going to covet a certain type of lineman. When you see Shanahan open the checkbook like this, you got to figure it's a mighty good bat. So as much as it's a big number, I think it's an upgrade and, and, a, and a thumbs up for San Fran. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And that unique offense, let's face it, fullback is kind of a dead position in the NFL, but not for San Francisco. Big contract to Jusic as well. So they know what players are the most important to that specific offense. Last thing before we take our first break. I believe what you just said is incorrect moving forward, or at least I think it's going to change might be the right way to say it. And here's what I've been reading about and talking to people about, one person specifically, is there's usually uh, the league moves in a certain direction and then there's a reaction to that direction. So obviously in the NFL in the last couple years, it's been about tight ends that can't really block. They're effectively big receivers and inside linebackers just getting killed because there's only a handful that can cover like a really good running back out of the backfield. And what's happened is a lot of these defenses still play a a scheme from five years ago, and they've got these big jumbo linebackers struggling to cover in the middle of the field. So what's happened, that's been a very successful progression. But now, as teams are starting to go with very... Uh, almost like safeties down at linebacker. And Simmons from Arizona last draft was an example of this. And the guys that can actually cover and tackle both, the tweeners, who usually a tweener's a problem, but in this case a tweener's good. There's so many of them now. The teams have transitioned so quickly or so, so drastically that if you look at Tampa Bay as a good example, they played old school football. You know why? Because they're able to run and be effective old school because there's so many undersized linebackers and undersized DNs. It's like everyone went down 30 pounds in every position. And now what the Patriots did last year and what did they do? Sign two elite tight ends. What Tampa did, I mean, it feels to me and people are speculating we're going to have a move to the idea is you've got tight ends and fullbacks and running backs that can both block and catch passes. And you just let the team tell you by the box how many are in it. Do you run or do you pass? I think we're going to see much more power football next season than we did last season. And I think Tampa was a harbinger of that, what they did in the Super Bowl. What's your instincts on that? Oh, that's Guys. a great point. There, the adjustment to the adjustment, and yeah, I think you could well be spot on there. Good, great point. All right, uh, Joni, is any thought on that one? I, I hope we get back to power football. I'm tired of the offense. Like I, I need, I need some old school, uh, grind it, you know, smash mouth. If look, look at the Tennessee Titans. I mean, a lot of people talk about Ryan Tannehill's success. If not for Derrick Henry, who has signed a big contract and only gotten better, being able to run downhill and open up play action, Ryan Tannehill doesn't have the success. The 49ers were effective a couple years ago, and they had multiple running backs that they would turn to. And then you saw what Tampa Bay did in the Super Bowl. So I think it's a good sign for the. The NFL that there's more than one way that you can you can win games in the league and I, I find it fascinating the idea that no matter what it's a constant evolution and the nimbleness that a team has to have to it be successful and I always listen if if uh, if Belichick is doing something you got to feel pretty good about it and I think this is a trend that we're going to see so when we come back we're going to finish up with the NFL 
big news, and then we're going to transition into the NCAA tournament. Jam-packed show. That's coming up next. But speaking of the NCAA tournament, be sure to join Fox Sports Radio's M-Drive Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. That's right, the Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. If you fill out a perfect bracket at foxsportsradio.com, you will win $1 million. You can compete against Fox Sports Radio hosts and fellow listeners. The listener in first place, even without a perfect bracket, wins a $1,000 gift card. Second place gets $300. And third place takes home $200. You can Fill out your bracket now and get official rules at foxsportsradio.com. That's foxsportsradio.com. It's the Fox Sports Radio M-Drive Million Dollar Bracket Challenge. Refind your prime with M-Drive. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a look at a busy couple of days in NFL free agency. Yeah, we got three big NFL stories we're going to rattle off right here. And I'm going to add a fourth. Talk about that Russell Wilson information. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Our audience has doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much. And we're going to keep rocking and rolling, as the kids say. <laughs> you can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app right here in Vegas on the strip. You know something? I don't have my temperature up. Mackenzie, what's our temperature? 65 degrees. All right. Oh, what's the neon doing? It's humming, RJ. Humming, Jonas. <laughs> so, RJ, it's been a busy couple of days in NFL free agency. The official start of NFL free agency, although moves were speculated on and reported on over the past couple of days. But we've got quarterbacks in new places. You've got one in Chicago and Andy Dalton. You've got another in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who takes over the helm in Washington. So let's start, if you guys don't mind, let's start with this Chicago story. So, Jonas, maybe you can set it is the information regarding what it looks like. There was a secret meeting yeah. and, and, and the offer. Yeah, and it was uh, Dan Patrick uh, here on Fox Sports Radio heard on many of these FSR affiliates earlier today that said he had heard that the Bears' official offer to Seattle for Russell Wilson was three first-round picks, a third-round pick, and two starters, but he was not told who those starters were. And reportedly, uh, according to Ian Rappaport and others, the Bears' Ryan Pace, uh, the GM, met with Seattle while in Fargo, North Dakota at Trey Lance's Pro Day last week. So. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, who thought there'd be so much action in North Dakota <laughs> for the NFL? Yeah. I mean, so Fez, one thing that strikes me is any team that's going to make a jumbo deal for a quarterback better have a quarterback to send back because it doesn't matter who the Bears would have potentially sent as those two starters. It wasn't going to be a quarterback. I mean, Nick Foles has a negative value with his current contract. What's his, what's his, cap, what's his uh, cash and cap number? His cash is $4 million And his cap hit is also $4 million for next year. Oh, so that's actually – then I'll take that back. He probably doesn't have a negative value at four. What was it the, the, last year? 
6.7. Nick Foles. Yeah. Captain, Boy, yep. I tell you then, Jacksonville had to pay him out to Wazoo early. <laughs> that was all front-loaded. Because you remember, Jonas, that was what, like a $55 million deal? Yeah, they gave him uh, a significant amount of money uh, to, to basically trade him. They swallowed that cap hit. Oh, okay. Um, and, so, and, and, and that was and that was the – them. They basically they determined after they got a glimpse at him and Gardner Minshew beat him out when he Ooh. did come back and was healthy that they needed to move on from Nick Foles. But somehow the Bears said we want to we want to pay for this. Yeah, it's uh, it never ends. Uh, so how, Mackenzie, do you have the stat on how much Jacksonville? Yeah, Foles pocketed thirty one million from Jacksonville in twenty nineteen. Oof, oof. I mean, Dak maybe isn't as overpaid as we thought. I mean. <laughs> So, hey, he won a Super Bowl. I mean, seriously, the most amazing, you know, I would say the most unlikely game in this century in the NFL was what Nick Foles did in that game. Because if you look through Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, they're literally almost all future Hall of Famers or Hall of Famers. And then to have a backup put up one of the five best days ever, whatever he does, Foles, he he can rest on those laurels. Now, again, Jacksonville didn't need to pay him, but <laughs> I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. So, Fez, I don't see how a Seattle team that doesn't want to – no way do they want to, uh, like, have a lost year without a quarterback, especially Pete Carroll's age. I mean, he's – the reason they traded for Jamal Adams and the way they did that deal was they were trying to win now. I respect the heck – out of the Seahawks saying, hey, we're not going to act like this is a sacred cow. We're going to see what the offer is and make a decision. And they didn't. the offer was huge, but it didn't send a quarterback back, and it, and it wasn't big enough. And I'm going to just estimate that those two starters are, weren't elite guys because you think the name would be out. So let's assume that's worth one number one pick, meaning two starters, one number one. So that's an estimate. So effectively, the Bears were looking for four, to give up four first-rounders for Russell Wilson. What do you think of that? Wow. I think if a first-rounder has double benefits, because one, obviously you get a player that helps your team, but you also get a really friendly contract on those first-rounders as well. Well, well, hold hold on, hold on. I think everything you said is right, except you just have to have one caveat. A first-rounder has, based on the position group, from about a 50% chance of being good to a high you know you pick a tackle number nine he's going to be pretty good typically so the i think the difference between free agents and draft choices are draft choices are cheaper draft choices have a finite number of them each team but there's uncertainty in what you're going to get when you have a a veteran player there's just a lot less uncertainty wouldn't you agree with that yeah that's a great point and also you know look looking ahead the the value of a Russell Wilson having a top five quarterback, RJ, elevates your team so much because look at the Bears. They're scrambling to get Andy Dalton. He's a below average quarterback. Russell Wilson, right off the bat, is four points better every game than Andy Dalton. So, Andy Dalton, a backup quarterback last year, where do you got him in the Fezzik top quarterback ranking? Andy Dalton, number 28, RJ, 10 mil a year. That seems high. So is there any other back? Let's call Andy Dalton a backup for a second. Is there any other backups ahead of him? Uh, Yeah, for the New Orleans, who Taysom Hill. All right. So what you're saying is there's 27. So he'd be 20. So there's 26 people ahead of him. Others behind him. Who are the starters you got behind him? Or the, you know, prospective starters you got behind Andy Dalton? 
Just Minshew, Darnold, and Hurts. Okay, I can accept that. All right. Yeah. So, I'm not sure it's true. I mean, I'd rather have Hurts right now, actually. but Because uh, at least there's an upside there. Right? That's a great point. You know Dalton is not going to suddenly appear in the Pro Bowl next year. Yes. It'd be, it'd be funny if he like had a monster year, got like the seventh <laughs> best QBR, and all the Cincy fans are like mad about it. But <laughs> I, I think the odds are against it. So, Jonas, do you agree with me that, that a team – so let's look at the Jets, for example. If the Jets made a trade for Russell Wilson, if the Jets made – which isn't likely, or for Deshaun Watson, which is more likely – it would be very easy for them to send back Tua and also to send, obviously, the number two pick. So if you're Houston, and let me ask you, if you had the choice of the following, you could have Deshaun Watson, disgruntled, but let's say you could leverage him, force him to stay on the team, and he capitulated eventually, let's say. And scenario two is you got likely Zach Wilson with the number two pick, you got Tua. You let them battle it out for like the next two years to see who's good. You can then trade. The thing about these quarterbacks that are pedigreed, no matter how badly they play, they can actually – now, if you get to be three years of bad, like Dalton, they're still talking about a high number two. So not that you want to spend like a, the second pick to trade them for a second rounder later, but if that's the downside of taking a quarterback – high is a worst case you dump them for a, a second rounder that means you're not risking all that much and the odds are pretty darn good that either Zach Wilson or Tua would emerge as a pretty good starter you send the other one off for a number two and you've got five years of cost certainty with or four years with Tua and five with Wilson based on who makes it isn't that maybe more attractive than Deshaun Watson uh, I I am not trading Deshaun Watson for that. I'm not trading him for the unknown. I just, especially a guy well, like that's him. the only thing they're going. I mean, you're right. So you're saying you don't want to trade him in any case. No, really. in, in any in any scenario whatsoever, because he's in his prime. It, it's such a rare situation that's happening. You've got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's in his prime. Um, the Russell Wilson, and and the reason why I I believe that Seattle, you know, turned away from doing the deal with the Chicago Bears is because. The, the problem is the Bears are really – the Bears have a pretty good roster. They're really a quarterback away. They were a playoff team a year ago. They were a playoff team a couple of years before that. They're really just a quarterback away. So if you do a deal with them for all these mm-hmm. number one picks, where are those picks? Mm-hmm. In the mid to late 20s possibly? And, and you talk to some people and they say that's the reason the Raiders made the trade with the Bears instead of the Packers for Khalil Mack because the Raiders thought if we trade with Green Bay, they're going to be picked and much deeper in the draft. Let's do the deal with Chicago and ended up backfiring because the Bears ended up having a good season. Green Bay had a down year and thus that pick ended up in the late 20s as opposed to where they thought it was going to be uh, when they made the deal with the Bears for Khalil Mack. That's Jonas Knox. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm RJ Bell. I think you're making a great point. We see this in the NBA all the time where you look at Minnesota and their situation this year with the Golden State trade where I think it's top three protected, maybe. Top, and there's a chance they're going to, you know, a real chance that Golden State will get like the fifth or sixth pick on top of the Wiggins trade and the way that went. Uh, so th- they do the protections in the NBA. But in general, if you're trading with the, And that's the whole point with the Lakers giving up all the number ones for Anthony Davis. The theory was we don't care, right? Because yeah. they're going to be so bad. It's not only Anthony Davis is so good, the picks are going to be so bad. Now, obviously... 
we can't have this conversation without talking about Houston with Tunzel and then the Miami trade and then he got the number two or the three pick, number three pick. So sometimes it goes crazy, right? But, you know, uh, the other way. And, and yeah. by the way, that was a Deshaun Watson team. But that said, that is rare. So your point, I think, is very well taken. Do you agree with me that it's going to be hard for a Seattle to not take a quarterback or re- at least a, a serviceable quarterback? Oh, yeah, they would have to get one in return. So how was Chicago going to do that? I have no idea. That, I don't that's, think they were. I see. My my guess would be that it would have been probably Nick Foles and maybe you know a defensive starter to try and help out that defense a little bit. But yeah, but I, Nick I don't know. Foles even at four million, he's got some value. But no one wants Nick Foles starting for him. Yeah, and it's just such a downgrade from where they're at because if you look at Seattle's roster, their roster is not great. I mean, Russell Wilson really is the difference between them being a playoff team and a non-playoff team. So yeah. if, if you take him away and add Nick Foles, I don't, they're, I don't think they're anywhere close to a playoff team next year. So let me pose this to you, Fez. It strikes me that I don't know if I agree with Jonas in the following way. Let's forget the whole Tua and uh, Zach Wilson potentially for the Jets trading them to Houston. Let's just say one of them becomes the 12th best quarterback. And that seems like a fair, if you have two elite, like top three picks, or I guess two of one five. If you have a, a number five pick and a number three pick, one's in his second year, one's in his first year. The odds of getting a quarterback as good as Jimmy G, let's say, when he had a good year, doesn't seem crazy, does it? It does not. I mean, I'm not saying it's for sure. I mean, they, it could be the best quarterback. But what I'm saying is, number tw- let's call it number 14. Okay. My question is this. Would you rather have Russell Wilson at $40 million a year or whatever? He'll probably want a new contract wherever he lands if he did get traded. Or would you – let's call Wilson the third best quarterback. Would you rather have the third best quarterback at $40 million a year or the 14th best quarterback at $8 million a year, which a rookie deal like that, even a high draft choice would be? I'd rather have the 14th best quarterback because, RJ, I'm going to lose a win by my quarterback only being a little bit above average, but I got $32 million to spend. I should be able to buy at least a win with that extra money. And I'm going to ask Jonas what his opinion is on that, but one thing I think it's important to remember about like that 32 number, did you use your abacus for that, or you just boom? You just all right. Is with that thirty-two number, it's not like okay, well, this one guy's sixteen, this other guy's sixteen. That's thirty-two. No, you're paying for those guys anyway. It's taking a five million dollar guy and making it a twelve million dollar guy. That's seven. You take a uh, you know, and think of the math, right? An eight million guy becomes a ten million guy. That so you can improve half the team. By just upgrading like one slot, wherever the you got a DN, and obviously it's not like a grocery store; you can just get anything you want. But I mean, look what the Patriots are doing with a lot of money. So yes, it would be the you know the math says thirty-two extra million for the team with the number fourteen quarterback in this hypothetical. But boy, it could be five or six big upgrades. Do you do you agree with that, Fats? Absolutely. And you never know. One of those upgrades that you think is only a small upgrade could become a substantial one uh, or if a player it blossoms. Or worse, even though you paid him more money. <laughs> yes. Jonas, as you think about that difference in cash, how does it strike you? I'm still not getting rid of a Russell Wilson. 
I just I, I can't do it. Like another quarterback. If this were if this were Dak Prescott, if the conversation were Dak, who's in the same money range as Russell Wilson, then then I I could do that deal. Then I would say, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But Russell Wilson, I just think he's too special. They're too hard to come by. I can't turn my back on that. I think the uncertainty, and we're gonna see what's trending. But the uncertainty when it comes to rookie quarterbacks, I think it's so scary. We lose sight of the fact if we look back the last, you know, 10 years or so, let's say eight, nine, 10 years, that the Super Bowl champion's been a rookie quarterback about half the time. And you know what I didn't realize is Joe Flacco, when he won it, was still on his rookie, on the rookie deal, the first deal. And so to me, I think Jonas is right. There's a real chance you're going to have a you know, worse team if you do this trade. But I think there's a real chance you don't. And wh- where else is Houston even going to have even a 50-50 chance. So we'll see, but I got a feeling the Jets are, are going to be hyper-competitive with that package. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Yesterday, we started talking about this prop bet, and we're going to have Fez, we're going to do a forced bet with him. He doesn't even know this. The question is, would you rather have Gonzaga or your pick of any two teams. We're going to give Fez that opportunity and more NCAA title talk. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of eight. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., it is tournament time, and the play-in games tip off tomorrow. We've got four of them to get things going, including the nightcapper, UCLA and Michigan State. We're right now on pregame.com. The Spartans are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So, Fez has a best bet on this one. First, though, I'm going to tease ahead. Tomorrow, at this exact same time, so we'll say 6.50, a little earlier, and one of the things I've been playing with Jonas is we're going to do better than 50-50 at 650 or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. But <laughs> with our picks is I'm going to have my NCAA tournament bet of the year. And I love this bet. That's tomorrow. Fez, not as exciting, but still a best bet from one of the best bettors in the world, Steve Fezzik. I'm excited about Sparty minus two here against UCLA. You know what? If this was on a neutral site, this line certainly makes sense. Spartan team playing better than UCLA right now. I would have made it too. But this game is at Mackey Stadium. That's where Purdue plays. Well, guess what? Michigan State just got to play there last month. So they have familiarity with the venue, the sight lines, advantage Michigan State. Further, there's going to be 25% capacity allowed. I fully expect that the crowd will support Michigan State in this game as well. Another hidden advantage, you put those two together, I'm on Sparty, minus two against UCLA. Now, a lot of people disagree with you. There's been a lot of back and forth on this question. Let's get Jonas's thoughts. Big Ten, it's in Indiana. Let's say there's, to whatever degree, there's the Indiana crowd there, um, meaning locals and such, not representatives from the other team or fans of the other team directly. Do you think a Big Ten Indiana fan base cheers for a Big Ten team or not? Uh, I 
I'm a little – Indiana's pretty pissed off right now with their basketball program. Uh, I think they might take it out on everybody. I think so, too. And Fez had a brilliant point, <laughs> I thought, in which when he was talking about how – the last team to go undefeated was Indiana with Bobby Knight in 76. We got a Gonzaga team that's undefeated. Or is the crowd going to be against them, a la the Miami Dolphins, 72 Dolphins? I think he's got a point there. By the way, Fez, I'm going to make you a quick uh, – you like to bet, I think, right? I'm going to give you a chance to make a bet, <laughs> all right? And I'm going to let you choose which side of this bet you want. So you can either have Gonzaga, the favorite, the clear favorite to win it, and I get to pick two teams. And I think the two teams, we're going to give the two teams plus 110. So they're getting a little extra payoff. Or would you rather have the two teams? I'll let you have your choice and we'll do what, 300 bucks? Sounds good. I want the two teams, RJ. All right. Which two teams? I will take Illinois playing great basketball with DeSuma back and Baylor. So you said Alabama and who? Illinois and Baylor. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we. we uh, Dave Essler, who's going to be on the show with us tomorrow, pregame pro. Jonas, he he did this bet against me and AJ, and he took Alabama. Oh and, wow! And uh, we did a coupon code on the pod for something, and we made it <laughs> Alabama ten. He wasn't he was not amused. <laughs> we told him we go this isn't football. This this is not football. Um, so Fez, you were really raving about one of my picks, and I love when you do that. It, it was in the NFL. You want to double down on it. Yeah, you you went ahead and gave out Washington to win the division plus three fifty. You identified before they got Fitzmagic how Washington was undervalued. You look back in the playoffs that loss to Tampa Bay, competitive, only lose by eight. Washington, really good defense, and now you pick up Fitzmagic, my number fourteen quarterback. He's worth the win by himself, picking him up. I love your pick, Washington to win the division plus three fifty. All right, I like that too. And 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 again, I think Fitzpatrick. Uh, QBR, we know, is outstanding. And again, QBR isn't everything, but last two years, very good. And the real question is, I think we're seeing this with the NFL now, everyone wants to wait for Watson, but all the other quarterbacks are going. So to some degree, would you rather have a decent quarterback for sure or wait for Watson? Fitzpatrick is a decent quarterback. I do like Washington plus 350 to win the division. If you missed any of today's show, including a look at NFL free agency and an early preview of the play-in games at the NCAA tournament, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 